Today's script reading is taken from Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 11. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then, even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Verse 10. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeem by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name, gave your servant success today by granting him favour in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. This is the word of God. Thank you, Steph, for reading. Good afternoon, everyone. It's so good to see all of you here. I trust that you're all keeping well. You know, just now when, when um, Minghui say, let's turn around and greet one another, I turn around and like, hey, everyone seems to be very far away. Next, can I encourage you to sit in front now, you know, so that you can encourage us who are in front, that you are with us, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, let us pray as we begin. Father God, we come before you this afternoon. We are thankful for the privilege of meeting together here in your presence. We invite now for your Holy Spirit to come and speak to us as we look into this prayer of Nehemiah. So may we, we pray that you grant us fresh insights and new revelation as we pray all this. In Amen. We, saw, we are now at the beginning of a new sermon series on Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, that Pastor Darren kick us off with the first sermon, introducing us to the person Nehemiah, who was a cupbearer serving the king of Persia. At that time, he was, Nehemiah was in exile in Persia. You know, Nehemiah was the most trusted aide to the king then, to the Persian king. And despite the fact that he was enjoying 
the wonderful life in Persia, a life of luxury and comfort. Nehemiah, however, did not forget his roots. He did not forget, of course, his God that, while he was in exile in a foreign land. It's just like you and me, when we, when we travel to another part of the country, or you travel to another part of the country, maybe for work, for leisure, we do not forget our God, right? Gene Getz, in his book on Nehemiah, has this to say about Nehemiah. He said this in, while introducing Nehemiah. He said the very fact that Nehemiah occupied this role in the king's court demonstrates his stirring character. I think it's in the next slide. Um, yeah. The pagan king could never trust a man who had not exemplified total honesty, trustworthiness, and understanding wisdom. As we will soon see, Nehemiah was that kind of man because he never forsook the God of, never forsook the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He had a great love for the Lord and committed himself in keeping the law of God in spite of his pagan environment. Sounds like a lot of us, isn't it? We are a Christian living in a pagan environment. But we have a lot to learn from this man, Nehemiah, as the weeks um, go by in the coming weeks. In other words, Nehemiah continued to keep his faith and trust in the Jehovah God, whom he believed in, whom he trusted in. We learned last week that Nehemiah's love and concern for God and his people remained in his heart. He was distressed. Nehemiah was distressed and he wept bitterly when he heard of the state of Jerusalem, his home country. He could have, he could have turned away, his, he could have turned his head and his heart away when he heard it. He, he could have said, they are so far away. It's all their fault anyway that they are in that state today. He could have continued with his life of comfort in the king's palace, serving the king as a cupbearer. He could have also used his own resources, used his own influence and wealth to provide for his brothers and sisters who have come to visit, who came to visit him, or who were living in Persia as well. But Nehemiah did not do that. Instead, he chose to do something. His heart was deeply moved. The first thing that Nehemiah did, as we read just now, he turned to God in prayer. He turned to Jehovah God. The Jehovah God was his first resource. He didn't talk, talk to anyone else. He heard from his brother what happened to the people in Jerusalem and what happened to the wars in Jerusalem. And his heart was deeply moved. And that has moved Nehemiah to pray and waited on the Lord for about five months. He said that in his prayer, didn't he? That he prayed daily to the Lord. We will look today at the prayer that was recorded for us when Nehemiah prayed to the Lord. 
pouring his heart out and see what we can learn from this prayer. As we begin to look at this prayer, we all know that as Christians, prayer is very much a part of our spiritual discipline, isn't it? It is a, prayer is a way that we show our dependency of God and it's also a way that we deepen our relationship with our God. The Bible encourages us to pray always, to pray without ceasing. We are told to pray about anything and everything and talk to the Lord. And the hymn, the hymn writer, in his hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, said this, that we are, it is a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. It is our privilege, isn't it? Amen. And prayer should be very much like breathing. When you say prayer without ceasing, you go market and you do not know what to, what to buy, you can whisper to the Lord, Lord, would you help me? What to buy? What shall I cook for my family today? What shall I eat today? I like what Martin Luther said. Martin Luther said this, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. In other words, prayer is essential, prayer is vital and important to every Christian, to every child of God. That prayer is our lifeline in our walk with the Lord. It's our lifeline. As much as breathing is to keep us going in our human life. A dead person has no breath that means there is no more breath in the person. He's not alive anymore. So if we stop praying, what are we doing? We are cutting off our lifeline with the Lord, our spiritual lifeline with God. So keep on praying. Pray about anything and everything. And I believe that we will deepen our relationship with the Lord and it will also help us to trust and obey God, trust and rest in the Lord even more. Here in Nehemiah, we learn that Nehemiah cried out to God in prayer for the people of Israel, for his heart ached for the people of Israel, and he, his heart was broken like the broken walls of Jerusalem. His heart was broken. Now, Nehemiah prayed daily for five months. What exactly did he pray about? We are not very clear because the Bible is didn't tell us, huh? so we don't want to guess. Maybe quite similar to the prayer that we heard read to us by Stephanie. This one prayer that was recorded for us is probably his, his, his final prayer before he had the courage, he plucked up the courage to talk to the king. This is a first recorded prayer that we read in the book of Nehemiah. We will come across many of others of his prayer later on in the chapters. Okay. Reading through the, this prayer many times, I reckon that it is a, like a prayer process that Nehemiah has taught us. Nehemiah has shown us a process that we can learn as a follower of God. I said earlier that prayer to a Christian, it's like breathing, like Martin Luther said. It's like very much like breathing. So I would like to use the word 
AIR, A-I-R, as an acronym as we look at this prayer. First of all, and the acronym is AIR, Acknowledge, Identity, and Remember. First and foremost, Nehemiah called upon God and acknowledged God. It's very much like us in our prayer. When we come before God, we say, Dear God, or Heavenly Father, and he said this, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandment. Nehemiah called upon this God, the God of heaven. And what did he acknowledge? He acknowledged God's awesomeness and God's faithfulness. And he said, in acknowledging, I believe that in acknowledging the awesomeness of God, what was Nehemiah acknowledging? I believe he was acknowledging, first of all, the sovereignty of God and the omnipotence of God, the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God. What do all this mean? Sovereignty of God, that he acknowledged that the Lord God Almighty rules and reigns over all. The omnipotent of God, that this God that he was serving is the all-powerful one. And he's the all-knowing God, the omniscience of God. And, he, and this God is everywhere. He was calling upon this Jehovah God who is more than able to do the impossible. Mingyi just now read to us a verse in Ephesians that tells us that God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or imagine. According to the prayer, His power that's at work within us. And then the second thing that Nehemiah acknowledged is about God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness as a covenant-keeping God and for His steadfast love for us. For his people. That, that's God, this God who's a covenant keeping God, always keep his side of the bargain. And when we think about covenant keeping God, in the Old Testament we have a number of covenants. And one of the covenants, of course, starts from Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, that God promised Abraham that. Abraham's descendant will be plentiful and will be a blessing to others. Just now, Jean Gat says that Nehemiah did not forget Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is, his, that is God's covenantal name to you and me. That he says the God that keeps his covenant with his people. You know, dear ones, as we think about God's awesomeness and God's faithfulness. I want to remind us that this is the God that we all serve. This is the God that you serve. That this is the God that I serve. And the God that we serve is awesome. And He's faithful. Acknowledging the God's awesomeness and faithfulness right at the beginning, Nehemiah was also expressing his worship to God. It's a kind of prayer process that follows through even to the New Testament. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, what was the first two sentences? Our Father 
who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Acknowledging God and expressing that his name is holy. And that is our worship to him. And that's how I believe we should step, start our prayer. You know, I, I'm always reminded that in Psalms 100, it says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We praise God for who he is. We praise God because he's Lord, Lord God Almighty, not just because of what he has done, but because of who he is. So we can express this worship to God because we know him. We know him because why? Of our identity in him. Those, that brings us to the next letter, I, identity. As a child of God, as a child of Israel. That was Nehemiah's identity. In his prayer, Nehemiah prayed confidently because he knew his personal identity as a child of God. And he also knew his identity as a child of Israel. In verse 6, he prayed this. He said, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open. Why? To the prayer of your servant. That is him. Okay, that is Nehemiah. And I now pray that day and night for the people of Israel, your servants. Notice the S. That is the people of Israel. So he, Nehemiah knew his personal identity and his identity as a child of Israel. I believe that being a child of God is a privilege for us to come before the Lord in prayer. It's a privilege for us to be a child of God. We are reminded in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a child of God. Tell your neighbor, okay, if you are not sure, let me tell you, you are a child of God. Okay? And you can tell yourself, I am a child of God. So on top of this, being a child of God, we are also a child of our home country. We are all citizens, most of us are all citizens of Singapore. For those of you who are visiting us from overseas, you are a citizen of your own country. And some of you here may be a citizen of Malaysia, Sri Lanka, India, Philippines, or some European countries. So your identity, our identity, as whichever nation is found in our national identity card or on your passport. So when we pray for our country, we pray we. We, the citizens of Singapore. We're not they, the citizens of Singapore. Because of our national identity, because of his national identity, Nehemiah could identify with the sins of Israel. It was not somebody else's sin, but the sin of Israel, his home country. Bringing himself to identify with the sin of his nation. He said this. He said, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant. And now I pray before you day and night for the, for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. 
even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, the rules that you have commanded your servant Moses. You would have noticed that Nehemiah moved from the pronoun I to we. And he's not even using they as if it doesn't matter to him. This commander Warren Wisby said in his, in his commentary on Nehemiah, he said this, now that Nehemiah used the pronoun we and not they, identifying himself with the sin of a generation that he did not know. You know, he went to, he went to, he was exiled into Persia. So there's a group of people maybe staying in Jerusalem still. So he, he was identifying himself with the sin of a generation that he did not know. It would have been easy to look back and blame his ancestors for the reproach of Jerusalem. But Nehemiah looked within and blamed himself. We have sinned. We have dealt corruptly. That was his prayer. He identified himself with the people of Israel at that time what they were doing. He, he was identifying with a state of affairs that was current with the existing generation of people and identifying with the sins of the current generation of Jews living in Jerusalem, standing in the gap and confessing their sins before God. He did God, look at those people. Look at those people back in Jerusalem. They are like this, they are like that. He did not. He said, we have sinned against you. We have acted corruptly. This also tells us that Nehemiah was not a self-centered or a selfish person. He looked at the big picture. It's not the me, I, and myself kind of prayer. You know, a lot of time we... It's, we, when you pray, it's me, I, and myself. We go to the Lord with a shopping list. But Nehemiah was looking at the situation as if it, met, it, it really matters to him and his love and concern. Similarly, when we pray for our country, we, we, we want to identify with the current affairs of our nation and what is happening right now. We pray for the COVID situation in our nation. We pray for our government in our transition to see a new generation of leaders coming up, etc. We pray, for, we thank the Lord. I really thank the Lord for the Love Singapore movement who always remind us to pray for our country. I'm sure in the different parts of the world, you have a prayer movement. There is a prayer movement that is praying for the local nation. And closer to our heart, probably, when we pray for our cell groups, when we pray for the church, like Nehemiah, would we care enough to identify with our church? Would we care enough to identify with our cell? When we have a, a, a vision or a goal for ourselves, he says, oh, our cell members, I pray that they will do this, this person will do this, that person will do that. When we pray for our church, do we use the pronoun we, or we, you, do we use the pronoun they? For example, 
when we pray for unity in our church. Lord, I pray for unity in, in all things, in our church, all things. Do you pray that they will be uni united, that they will be united in purpose and vision? Or do you pray, Lord, may we be united in our vision and our purpose for you? I don't know, huh? It's in your prayer closet. So you, you talk it out with the Lord and, and that will express how you pray. Does that express your love and concern for the people that you care about? When we pray, are we expressing our concern and our care for the people that we learn to identify with? So applying the Word of God it's just as important and helpful when we pray as well. And it helps us to remember what the Bible says when we use the Word of God. The last letter, R. Let's look at verse 8 and 9. Remember, Remember, said, remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. And if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, there, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. The word remember, a commentator says, it seems to be one of Nehemiah's favorite words. If you, if you Google the word remember in the book of Nehemiah, you will come across many times. And it seems that there are eight times in the book of Nehemiah that he used the word remember. He, he asked the people to remember. He asked God to remember him. And in his prayer, it is very interesting that Nehemiah should word, use the word remember to God. Say, remember God. Remember the word that you say. You think God has forgotten? Do you think that God forget, have forgotten what he has spoken to Moses? I don't think so. I don't think so. But we all forget, right? We read the Bible today, tomorrow, no need tomorrow, at the end of the day, you forgot what you have read in the morning. And we all forget, but God is God, He do not forget. But we do. I believe it's a way that Nehemiah was reminding himself of what God has said and what God had promised to Israel during the time of Moses. And, any, and during, in the Old Testament, anyone referring to the Word of God is always the law that God had given to Moses. So he was reminding, Nehemiah was reminding himself by mentioning the law of Moses. So here in the Old Testament is always the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. And what was Nehemiah remembering? Nehemiah was remembering God's word and God's mercy, the law that were given to Moses. 
there were a lot of things that God gave to Moses because it was the establishment of a new nation. So rules and regulations, what you need to do, what you, what you cannot do, as well as the promises, what God was going to bless Israel with when Israel would be faithful and following after the heart of God. And God's mercies, God's promise, as we have saw in the passage, as we see in the passage, that God's promise to bring the people back when they repent and turn to Him. So I believe that God in His mercy will hear our prayer as we said, as we prayed just now, that God in His mercy will hear our prayer. So when, when Nehemiah used the word remember, he was reminding himself of what God said in the, in the Word of God. And expressing worship to God, standing on his identity in the Lord and his identity as a child of Israel, identifying with the sins of the people and remembering God's word. Nehemiah then, standing on all this on the AAIR, he could then confidently turn to the Lord and say what he said in verse 11. In verse 11, he said this, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. And from this verse, we can see that there were some others that were probably praying alongside with Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, at the conclusion of his prayer, was confident to ask the Lord for a favor. And the favor was that he will have mercy that the king that he was going to see and going to talk to would grant him a divine favor, grant him favor. You know, he was a cup bearer and he is a position that cannot be easily replaced. So for him to take a, take a holiday or take a vacation somewhere is a big thing. There needs to be arrangement, big arrangement made and all that. So God's mercy was sought. Nehemiah was asking for God, for his mercies to grant him success. As we read on in the next couple of chapters, we will see how God answered Nehemiah's prayer. For you and I today, let us always know that going before the Lord in prayer is certainly a privilege as we come before a God who is awesome, standing in our identity with Him as His child, as His children. And of course, remembering and standing on the promises in God's Word. So let's acknowledge the Lord. Let's know our identity in Him. And let's remember the word of God. Let us pray. For most of us, for a lot of us today, 
sometimes we do get lazy and forgot about praying, forgot about committing our ways to God. And, we, and sometimes in times of trouble, we forgot that we have an awesome God who is more than able to help us. We talk to everyone else about our problem. We forgot to talk to the one who loves us so much and is waiting for us to go to him in prayer. If you belong to that category, I would like us to just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry that I have been lazy and I have neglected you. For the rest of us who have been praying and committing our every day to the Lord, let's press on in prayer. Let's continue to press on in this privilege of coming before the Lord because it's a high calling. It's such a privilege. So Father, help us. Holy Spirit, help us in our prayer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.